The Lord be with you. I read from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. The Gospel of the Lord. So if you guys remember the movie The Matrix? Neo was a hacker, right? And so he was going about his days, living his life, but he found something missing in his life. He didn't know what that was, but he went looking for the answers to that. That reminds me of the, the man in today's Gospel. If you read the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we learn several things about the man. Number one, he's a young man. He's rich. He's also an official. So he had what would be most people in his day would say everything. He had wealth, he had power, he had status. But he was lacking in one thing. Something was missing in his life. And he went looking for it and he went to Jesus and asked him, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? This question is something that all human beings ask. We have a deep hunger to live eternal life with God. We have a deep hunger for the love of God. We have a deep hunger to love God. You know, St. Augustine said in his confessions, because you made us, talking to God, our hearts will never rest until they rest in thee. 
and various theologians and philosophers from Pascal to Reverend Karl uh, Rahner said, we are created with a God-sized hole in our hearts that can only be filled by God's love. So the young man asked Jesus, how can I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, follow the commandments. But he gave him the second tablet of the Decalogue, the second tablet of the Ten Commandments, those dealing with love of neighbor. You know, St. John Paul II talked about this gospel in his encyclical Veritatis Splendor, and I urge you to read it, it's very good. And he says, the pathway to eternal life is by love. And it's not only love of God, but love of neighbor. He was not subordinating the love of God to the love of neighbor. But he wanted this, this gentleman to emphasize the love of neighbor. And the man said, well, I followed all these commandments since I was a child. And Jesus looked at him and loved him, which means he may have accepted that, that he did follow all these commandments. The man was on the right path. But then the man said, because something more needed to be done and he was still missing something, he asked, what else am I lacking? That's like being a college football player and going to somebody and say, how do I get to the NFL? It's like being a minor league baseball player and saying, how do I get to the major leagues? He wanted to take the next step. And Jesus invited him, hey, sell all your possessions and be my disciple. And his face fell because he had a lot of possessions. You know, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. You can have wealth. The problem is when you turn down Jesus, when you idolize money and possessions over God, that becomes the problem. Money is a means to an end. should not be an end in itself. You know, we are all invited to say yes when God calls us, when Jesus calls us. Look behind me. Jesus said yes. Mary and Joseph said yes. These priests said yes. My brother deacon said yes. We just celebrated the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi. He said yes to God's call. How about you? We're all baptized. We're all given a mission. We all need to accept God's call. You may be afraid to. You may think that God's going to ask you something so you don't want to do. You may want to hang up the phone before you take his call. But if you do accept his call, he will help you fulfill your mission. And you will have, he promises in today's gospel, a hundredfold reward in this life and eternal life with God in heaven. And if you say no, you might be like this young man today who turned away sad. You know, Father suggested I tell a few stories about being a deacon for 20 years, so I'm going <laughs> to let you guys know some things. Okay, a couple of inspiring stories. I was with the pilgrimage 11 years ago to uh, Europe, and there were 16 of us here from St. John's and a priest who met us in Europe. And I was assisting the priest as a deacon at Mass in Munich, Germany. And when the priest lifted up the host, I saw a, an image form on the host, and it 
became more and more defined. It was rust-colored and got darker and darker. And it was Mary holding the child Jesus. And I went up to the priest and he put it in the patent. I said, Father, I'd like to show you what I see in the host. And he said, I was just waiting for confirmation. All 16 of us saw it. And one wife uh, of one of the people who is severely, had severe stomach problems, took a piece with the image on it and said when they swallowed it, he felt cured from head to foot. It was a miracle. Another inspiring occasion for me was I presided a funeral for a man who was in his 80s when he died. He was in the Second World War. He served in the Philippines and he was captured by the Japanese and was made to undergo the Bataan Death March. And his family showed me photographs of the backs of his legs where he had been bayoneted by the Japanese soldiers, apparently to prod him along to walk faster. He lost, along the way before he died, he lost a child. His spouse died, he lost his house. The thing was inspiring to me was despite all that adversity, he kept his faith. Those are inspiring times for me. Sad times were baptizing children who were in the hospital dying, or the funerals of children who died at a young age. And a couple times we had the family put notes in the balloons and, and hot air balloons and send them up to heaven because they never got to say goodbye to their loved one. Funny times, I was serving with Bishop Michael Driscoll, the bishop before Bishop Peter, and it was an Easter vigil with another deacon, and he went back to cathedral, which is the bishop's chair, and he looked at me and he goes, where's my zacchetta? And I was relatively new, and I said, what's that? He said, it's that red cap I wear. I looked at him, I said, Bishop, it's on your head. <laughs> and he thought that was really funny. Another time that was, I thought was funny or was I uh, was performing officiated at nine baptisms of, of children at the same time. And I ran the water in this font and it apparently was plugged up. And by the time the baptism was over, I went, baptisms were over, I went over there and I came about 30 seconds away from flooding this church. An embarrassing time is, and you can hold this against me forever, and I'm sure my brothers will. I was proclaiming the, the Holy Gospel, and so I go up to the ambo to proclaim, and uh, I said, Lord be with you, and they said, with your spirit, and I said, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Duke. <laughs> I said, Duke, not Luke. <laughs> Since I'm talking, I just want to say a few things of thanks. I want to thank the Almighty God for calling me to be a deacon and helping me in all my struggles. I want to thank our priests and our bishop for being my guide and mentors along the way and for being here today. I want to thank my brother deacons for all your support. I appreciate you being here when you have other things you could be doing. And I want to thank you, the parishioners who have give me love and support the entire time I've been a deacon and called me on things I need to be called on. So thank you so much. And finally, I want to thank my spouse, Bobby. Stand up.
I couldn't have been a deacon if she had said no, and she supported me along the way, and my rest of my family, my two children, and my grandchildren who cannot be here today, uh, for all the I, for all the times you give me love and support and understanding when I could not be there for family events because I was a deacon. God bless you.